So, my name is Dano. I am, uh, I run Free Music Empire and stuff. So, uh, and one of the things I've learned over my time here is just to go where the good conversations are. And I've always had a great time talking to Roger, a.k.a. Camo Bucket Hats, uh, on Twitter. And I reached out and was like, you know what, let's touch base about all the incredible things happening in this music right now. And I want your perspective, I want your topics, I want to hear what you think about all this. Uh, and Roger Roger gave me a yes. It was it's awesome. So I am so excited. Uh, and talk to me about the first topic and why you wanted to talk about it. Well, the first topic is why AJ Swade is important. And I wanted to talk about it because it's exactly the kind of topic that exists in the chatter, but is in danger of slipping through the cracks. Meaning that I think there is chatter about why AJ Swade is good. Yeah. Right? And yep. it's not surprising because his music is really good on like certain fundamental levels. So if you happen to come across it, you're unlikely not to not to notice it, right? But to talk about why he's important because of his technique and because of how he does things, it is possible that the chatter has not caught up to everything that he's doing and could could let it get out there in, in a time where we're, we're kind of experiencing like a flood of interesting music could really get lost the subtleties and what uh makes his music and not just his music because what he puts out there is really it's funny it's really rapidy rap rap but it's not we got to get into that i was, I was thinking <laughs> but it's about, also not i was yes i was thinking about this <laughs> a lot um, there's a lot to go on, but I want, first of all, I want to give credit to Gary Suarez, right? So, mm-hmm. I, I love um, cabbages, cabbages hip hop. Subscribe. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. a subscriber. I'm in the Discord, and I was right. posting a poll that I put on, which is like, you know, I don't know, best flows in hip hop or whatever, right? Or or mm-hmm. MVP, something like that. And you know, Fatboy Sharif was on it, and and you know. Mm. Everybody, a bunch of really good candidates, and Gary got mad. He was like, "I can't believe people aren't voting for Swade on this." Wow. He was like, "Swade is a star," yes. and I've never forgotten it. I, I I've never forgotten that reaction. That like, you know what? That that can't get lost in this discussion. Right. AJ Swade right. is not just really great at the craft and we'll get into the craft right aj swade's a fucking star like in in a bunch of different ways you know um and so it's not because i we're in this world right connected to the underground where like (laughs) we love these people that that they know they'll never be stars 
We know they'll never be stars. We accept it. We enjoy their music at this level, right? But it's important to note when, like, no, that that person could go all the way, you know, um, and and run the world, and and, and Swade really could, um, in in my estimation. Yeah. Um, shout outs to Gary Suarez. Mm-hmm. Always one step ahead, right? Yep. Yep. And I didn't even realize that he had um, this observation, but there's so much that's true to it. But I think what I would say is this, like there is a notion of what a rap star could be that emerges like circa 87, I would say. Let's mm-hmm. just let, like put it in perspective. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it sticks in the public consciousness for at least 10 years. It's a, a blueprint, if you will. And really, it's really like uh, people like Salt and Pepper. Um, Run DMC. Really, right? Run DMC, that kind of. To an, to an extent, Run DMC, and to the extent that Salt and Pepper become like this feminized yep. like vision of, of that, yes. Um, and it's really aiming for what could be both relatable and larger than life and how to be larger than life without losing the people, but not appearing like that's what you're cynically trying to do, but also getting really good at accomplishing that, (laughs) actually taking the steps to actually get good at that. And it would seem to be something that like disappeared around the time Jay-Z actually had the amount of money he was talking about and (laughs) the amount of economic power that he was bragging about around the time he achieved that this kind of idea seems to be like obsolete right but AJ Swade is that the voice and the persona that he deploys seemingly effortlessly comes across on every single song that he does as super engaging and super relatable. And it's so carefully modulated that you forget that he is the orchestrator behind it. And you really think like this dude is there with you just relating the things uh, that he observes or is concerned about and it just happens to fall into these rhymes that are sometimes so simplistic you're thinking like damn I should have thought of that how did no <laughs> one kind of pair those two words or how did no one make that observation yeah. or how did nobody take this kind of cliched phrase and then wrap it with this ridiculous uh, dictionary um, yeah choice and he's doing it bar for bar for bar and you're waiting for it to break up but the worst that ever happens is that he hits you with something that is so simple in terms of the end rhyme choice that you think for a sec oh this is the filler part this is like the this is the greg nice filler part where maybe he's just trying to come off zany um but then he'll switch again and just end the verse off <laughs> on something that reveals that 
he actually just like delivered some seminar level thing to you. Yeah. Right. And then the other part of it is that he doesn't exclude you from any of it. So in cementing himself as this star, he really lets you on board. Yeah. But it's purposeful and he's tactical about it, but he knows how to do that in a way that doesn't make you feel like you're being gassed up and taken for a ride. It really feels like some sincere affirmation of what you might be going through or a sincere warning of something you should know about or a simple statement of how you have to handle your, your, your uh, grown man or woman biz with enough confidence to successfully get through it. And we really haven't seen much of that lately because this flood of music is all this like decidedly artful stuff that starts in media res, right? Like someone's rapping in a verse and you can't place it city or room kind of thing. They say some wild stuff and it's cool. It's like, it's more open than rap used to be. It's more interesting in a certain way. But a lot of times, like I'm thinking of like a fly Anakin (laughs) type thing, like you're always diving into the middle of some extremely elaborate social context that Mm -hmm. will never be ascertained simply track by track. Like we're going to have to wait and listen to this dude's whole career spanning decades before we come to like a full (laughs) understanding of all that he was talking about which is cool hey let's have rappers who have long (laughs) and prolific careers uh, with works of difficulty and sophistication I'm all for it and it's it's become it's created these disciples like disciples of Billy Woods who are like you know combing through and and they're always pulling what he's talking about and reading books because of the album Uh, it's, it's awesome to see yeah but this is still music right this is still supposed to get your ass up in the morning this is still supposed to get your ass to work this is supposed to still have you survive long enough to your lunch break this is supposed to help you get back home this is supposed to help you take the kids and drop them off this is supposed to move your body when you felt like you haven't had the chance to do that uh, from your own volition, this is the most. Uh, it's supposed to make you sit there and be like, "Damn, that's some ill shit." That makes me feel like the first time I heard "Resurrection" by Kanye. Yep. Right? It just hit me with all these lines, and some of them are silly, and I'm just laughing at it. It's supposed to still all do all those things. Um, right. Somebody has to still have some kind of devotion um, to that um, as part of their technique. And right. Right. Nobody necessarily asked for it, seemingly, but we do all need it, and we do flock to it when someone brings it, and really, when you think about the underground, it's not like um, the most typical approach, or it's not the approach that a lot of underground artists feel super comfortable about um, or can do without like sounding like extremely corny or going in uh, like a kind of backwards direction where the mechanics of being a rapper or or a writer in the rap form become like the object mm-hmm. of or the, or the subject rather of the writing which 
is is extremely limited and kind of worn at this point. Like yeah. if you tried to do like a J Live kind of thing at this point, and talk about what your pen does or what kind of steel becomes malleable at the mere sound of your voice. If you yeah. stuck strictly into that, you really couldn't cement yourself as the kind of star you need to be to, 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 to shine. <laughs> right. Your mid-career right. cannabis at that point, right? You're just like right. talking about chemistry compounds and nobody, everybody's like, all right, man, that's cool. You know, whatever. Right. You're hoping that the the abstract idea of the subject itself will generate enough verbiage to fill up bars as opposed to what AJ Swade does, which is take this expansive view of the lexicon or or rather the zeitgeist, right? The cultural zeitgeist as it's flowing through um, the forms of technology, which I believe he is a worker in. Right, right. Or if he's, I think so. I, I I don't know him. I, I haven't really seen too many interviews. I don't know if he's super public like that, but it seems to be like he has worked in some sort of data aspects of life because yep. he, he likes to um, draw out um, content from that, but he's not delving into it for its own sake. He's recognizing how it's actually shaping the human experience right here and right now. And he's going to tell you all about it. Um, And you get the relief, you get the comic relief, not because he forces some sort of punchline out of it, but because he exposes some of the absurdity of it, the the tragic comic aspect of it. But he doesn't get too heady about it too fast. No, no. I mean, it, I wanted to go back to something you said earlier, which I thought was really important because it, it reminded me there was an interview. I might have been a Drink Champs or way back when I did Drink Champs. Uh, Steve Stout said, like, <laughs> you guys talk about eras and rap in 10 years. That's ridiculous. He's like, an era and rap is two to four years. Okay. Right? right. Right. I like that. I've always liked that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So when you're talking about 86, right? 86 to 90, the template is like Kane, Rakim, the kind of super MC, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, you kind of have probably kicks off in 92, to be honest, right? 92 to 96 or 7 is like the what I would call the wild barbarian era, where everyone okay. had so many bodies on every verse. Right? Um, like sometimes I feel like the game would be so good in that era. You just put him back in ninety-four and he could kill lots of people on songs, you know. Um but that's that's like what he's projecting, right? And so then Pac and Biggie die, that kind of goes away. The pop space isn't healthy for rap, so the underground becomes healthier. And that's where you get the kind of the entrance of the art CMC, right? You get like, and it takes many forms, right? It's it's idea, it's Micah 9, it's, you know, on and on and on, right? Sure. Uh, and sure. so what is, what is interesting about Swain is he see so 
to fast forward a bit, where we're at right now, there is no meta narrative. There is no singular archetype, right? Right. It's it's shattered into a thousand pieces. But Suede has all the puzzle pieces. And he can give you a little bit of everything, you know? Right. Um, Though I would say this. That inclination to do the work, to piece it together, is out of that 87-ish era. And I, I, I think, to me, it's, it's a KRS-One-specific yep. influence where the idea is this. No matter how simple the backdrop, which is not to say that A.J. Swade's uh, choice of production is typically or usually simple, although... Sometimes it is. Sometimes it it kind of is. Um, no matter how follow easy it is to follow the sonic uh, expression, and no matter how simple the um, sentence form, the result, the effect, is going to be meaningful. Yep. Meaning that. We're going to touch upon in the verse things that people are familiar with. We're going to challenge them with a couple of things that might be less familiar, but we're going to drag them over there and get them to a level of comprehension. And we're going to make it memorable in the way that rap is supposed to never stop evoking, meaning that there is an energy implied and then enacted by the vocals, and you're supposed to respond to it, right? Like, we're never, ever going to completely forsake the Busta Rhymes scenario thing, (laughs) right? We cannot just toss that baby out with the bathwater just because it's okay and time to be artistic, right? Right. 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 No, and it's, it's, he yeah. and he's not necessarily obstreperous like that, no. either, right? He he swayed, right? He need, he has like one of the greatest like MC names that anyone has ever oh, yeah, <laughs> conjured. Yeah, yeah. It's Agreed. just an incredible name, right? Like, mm-hmm. and it's also the other thing where you you might think like, why didn't I just make that my pen name, right? Yep. <laughs> you didn't because you didn't stay as focused and committed as AJ Swade did. That's why you did, right? I mean, and you didn't draw from enough influence to right? come up and with it. To, to, to give Sway credit, because I was thinking about these two worlds that he masters, right? Uh, and you tell me how I'm doing here. But, but there's a whole <laughs> world of artsy hip-hop, right? Mm-hmm. That Where the fans that support that artsy hip-hop won't, they won't shit on a hardcore rapper who's thoughtful, but they won't support him. You know what I mean? That yeah, they're yeah. in their world with their artsy hip hop, and that's what they're gonna do, right? And then there's the hardcore hip hop people who are looking for bars, bars, bars. We're looking for spitters who are arguing, you know, over, you know. Uh, Ransom V, you know, Tyler Ferris or what you know, they're arguing this kind of stuff. And that's these are separate worlds. And Swade coming from Seattle intimately knows the artsy situation, right? Yeah. Like just has 
a lock on it. Yeah, I get it. I get what's happening in Portland. I get what's happening in Seattle. You, you're not going to throw me off by having an artsy beat or collective. I get it. But he's also what I would classify as a ready-to-go MC, right? He's like real functional, <laughs> you know? Like yes. when someone says, oh, Suede had a crazy turnaround time on that verse, I'm like, that does not surprise me, right? Seems like someone you can plug in, and he goes. So KRS-One out, yeah. KRS out the shelter. Yeah. Scott LaRock shows up in his gold yep. and says, hey, look, you know, I'm a social worker, but, you know, at night, I'm getting busy in this thing that's happening mm-hmm. out there. And you have a gift and you can't waste it. Are you down? You ready to roll? Right. We're going to go where the Supreme Team <laughs> hangs right. out and vets yeah. who is worthy of being on that stage and not getting robbed the second they leave. Is you down? And we know he was down because the proof is in the pudding. And AJ Swade comes to us literally out of left field, right? <laughs> Geographically, culturally, yep. Yep. literally out of left field, ready to, ready to go. But we also know from context where that ready to go-ness comes from, literally. But his voice sounds like like he's in the boot camp clip, you know? Like he has yes. a very classical but if you heard, if you played, you could play AJ Swade for, for Cormega and he'd get it. Right? <laughs> right. He'd get it. That's a good that's an interesting barometer. Would get would, it. Would, that flow would, would sing for him, if that makes sense. Right, the Cormega test, right? The the litmus. Yeah, I that's Right. Um, so right. Like he's ready to go because the voice itself, it would be extremely difficult to totally fail as a rapper if right. that's what you're working with. Right? Like what yeah. could you really do to completely miss the mark when that is what you just have in your arsenal from nature, right? Yeah. Yeah, and right. I, and I'm not like a super technical. Like I don't rap, not my fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And you're welcome, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but uh, in terms of like his writing, right? What's what? Mm-hmm. You talk about the voice and how great the voice is. In terms of the writing, we've talked about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. If Suede knows exactly what to put behind the curtain, right? Like. He knows he's going to say blind to the bullshit, pull up the curtain, Jordy LaForge, right? And if you get it, you get it, and you're going to love it, you know? Uh, If you get that heart reference, you're going to be so excited. Uh, He's going to put that behind the curtain, right? And he's going to lift the curtain at the right time. There's so many people that don't know, don't know what to accentuate in their verse. But that is a technical thing. It's funny that you point that out because it seems like that's not actually a technical thing, that it really exists at the level of poetry, right? It's like a, it's a poetic choice. Like right. what what's the perfect word to use here? It is that, but when it comes to rapping, that's a technical thing. So when Buster Rhymes does the scenario verse, right, 
it isn't just that raw raw like a dungeon dragon like fits hits and lands in a particular place because Buster Rhymes knows how to make that happen no matter what. He's raised off a dance hall vocals. So from a technical level, he's pretty much like can't be fucked with, right? So he'll make that fit. The technical part is also choosing that for what it's going to sound like and also how it's going to be received combined with how it's going to be received mentally as a cultural signifier and coming into a zone where you can do that multiple times in a verse and you can kind of time it with in rap. It's probably changed by now, but I remember definitely in the nineties, it was always a four bar subject switch up, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're kind of on your subject for four bar. Like Nas was always kind of like very like disciplined, about this even people who were like a little bit more abstractly imaginary like prodigy yeah similar style but like a little bit more daring at times would still kind of adhere to that um or at least come back to it if he meandered away from it and aj suede knows how to do that he can even truncate it uh shorter than four bars um i see a little bit of large professor in that in a way um right like large professor would like bust out with the (laughs) mamba jahambo rhymed rhymed with rambo kind of thing and it didn't matter that nas crushed that song at the beginning and you were still in shock and that's the only reason like you even hear large professor's voice by that time you're drawn back in because you're you're dealing with a technician who is also attuned to the zeitgeist, Mm -hmm. which makes sense for a rapping data industry (laughs) worker. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. Yeah. I mean, but like it's, when we talk about AJ Swade being magic, there's elements of it, right? The voice. Mm -hmm. um, But what he holds behind the curtain is absolutely an important Mm -hmm. element to log, right? Uh, The, the keys, he's directing and producing you know and i as a ready to go mc i he to me he had to grow into that like the first stuff i heard from suede mm-hmm. i'm like this these are good collections of songs i like this guy right but there's a difference between a spitter and a songwriter right yes. by the time yes. we got to avada kedavra i was like oh shit this is an album album this is and this is why Metatron's Cube is such an important part of 2022 for me, because right. that is an album album that stands next to anything that came out in 2020. Yeah, it, it kicked off the year, yeah. right? It, yep. I don't know if it was the very first thing that I really wanted to hear or I was excited about it, but it had to have been one of the first. Because I think it was, it was my like first second. album of the year. It was my first album of the year. I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, him being freed from the production duty, but obviously having a lot of insight into what he chose, gave him the space to make sure that it was all sewn up really tightly, but also that he took the most daring route Mm -hmm. to get to that level of catching wreck right like hitting you 
with the lines and the ideas that you're going to remember, you're going to respond to in the moment, you're going to come back to. Um, you're going to want in some ways to study it like it was a Billy Woods record, but it's not really necessary to do all that um, because unlike a Billy Woods record, and this isn't really like a disrespect to it, like mm. at no point did you need to undergo the same amount of effort to basically appreciate it. And that's by design. Well, would Woods and Woods, there's a similarity in the terms of Woods where Woods, I always catch Woods rubbing dirt on the music. So he reminds his audience, this isn't sweet and I'm not sweet and I'm not your cute little, you know, valedictorian. Like this is going to have Boldy James on it. This is going to have True. Uh, Gabe Nandez on it. We're, you know, this is going to be about moving packs. Like, so, and in the sense and the similarity, I guess, with Suede is you go from Vox Machina, which is a, just a classic, beautiful, artsy song, to Mr. Motherfucking Esquire, unhinged on Respect the Architect. Beautiful move. I wondered, ever since I first heard that, I really wondered who made the decision or how that actually came about. Um, and I'm referring uh, to Mr. Exquire's yep, yep. completely unhinged. I love it. Seemingly. Un- no, I love it too. It's, it, it, it's incredible. And it, yeah, I've always wondered, like, were you actually going to make this a skit? Did you have a verse that was more linear or obvious and where it was going? And you messed up a word, so you said this instead, but AJ Swade was like, no, keep going, keep going. Right. <laughs> or I have no idea, but that's part of the fun of it. And um, Swade's verse, it's it's not his most me- memorable, though it's pretty good. Um, but there is something to say about that actually winding up on the album. It's very mm-hmm. hard to plan moments of chaos into your album. <laughs> Right, you're like this is all going to make sense, except for this portion right here, where I'm going to let this chaotic force just go, right? And I'm going to, I can't wait for it to be chaotic, right? I can't wait for a kid to be talking in the back, you know, like it's going to be awesome. But you, but when it comes to Mr. Esquire's verse, I think a funny aspect of it, looking at it in retrospect, is like it is linguistically the kind of content that is typical in the social media sphere in a way that AJ Swade finds infinitely entertaining and inspiring as, as an object of critique and observation, right? Like it's kind of like a normative thing for someone to go off really brashly or seemingly arrogantly and make kind of unspecific threats. Like this is all, um, I guess, you know, you can think about um, like that message board era. Right. It kind of starts, but like at some point, like it becomes permissible to even do that with, you know, identifying information attached to it. It's not totally anonymous. It's right. not It's not as untraceable. Um, it enters like a new level of antisocial absurdity 
and um, combativeness, which Suede managed to isolate, like, how that's actually charming (laughs) by, like, having this feature in in a well, in in kind of an odd breath of fresh air coming from Esquire. We we know to be um, an artist um, that can express an eccentric personality. But this even seemed uh, unpredictable. <laughs> yeah, and and you just didn't see it coming. By, I did not see it coming. And and so Swade has been reaching out all over the place, right? Where like he puts Metatron's cube out through Fake Four, right? Okay. And that reaches this whole group of, I mean, Keshi's crew, a super artistic, you know, click, right? And then. You see him popping up on Wrecking Crew stuff and, you know, all this, you know, with Prime Rock and with, with, you know, songs with Zilla and everybody. And, like, you see him stretching out, like, you know, working with Teller Banks. You see him just laying verses with all these people um, in all these different corners of this world. And trying to and trying to just be wherever, like he ready to go MC, right? If Rosenberg called Suede and was like, jump on this next real late compilation, do you think he'd say no? Nah, he um that okay, so that's like another aspect um that I that I find interesting and, and what what would make him great, right? Like we're not talking about like someone who is fake humble. We're not talking about someone who's trying to craft an everyman narrative through the concept that somehow being like um, a nebbish and neurotic and underconfident character somehow um, indicates a depth, right? So it goes back to the star thing a bit, right? Um, but it's not exactly like this larger than life thing that you can't relate to either, right? Like, it's confident. So when you see him branch out like that, and you see him show up on tracks, and he's styling on some of the tracks, like he's matching um the kind of energy you get from Wrecking Crew because they're all about right, like how do we make like the most intelligent rap that forsakes none of the pocket of right, uh, right, right. Smith and Wesson or, you know, um, Gangstar song, right? Yep. It has all of that. It hasn't sacrificed it one second, but like, how do we stretch it without biting like Souls of Mischief, but like also making it something new, right? right. And he, he comes right in there and he does it and even steals the light a little bit. Yeah, no, even though he gets it. Even though, even though some people might be doubting and thinking he's just another producer on the mic type who's kind of, you know, who, who can land a cute kind of punchline every so often. It's possible that someone could have that interpretation because of the deceptive simplicity of his approach at times, right? But it's right. like, no, actually, I'm stepping into this cipher. I brought my own mic. It's in the knapsack. But don't confuse this for Bohemian. Right. <laughs> Coming here to right. catch no, wreck. I mean, 
He's smashing this. Wrecking Crew is under that wave of like, your art rap hero is Charles Hamilton. Ours is Ghostface. Right? Like, there we go. You can have that over there. I'll take mine over here. And Swade's like, I get it. Like, I'm 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 down for this. So he always sounds right with you know Prem or with whoever. And and that that song on Load Bearing Crow's Feet, he definitely stole the show. Um but yeah, and that's another thing is Suede is one of how many people, maybe 10 people who hit who always like gets deep on bass on a guest verse in the underground, right? There's a lot of people just kind of pushing features, right? And they're pretty good to okay, but there's a list of people where they, they're going nuts every time they touch them. So just out of curiosity, like an example of someone who's more hitting in the okay range with what they put out. Um, and it's so weird because there's some people who are like, um, I don't know why I thought of this because it doesn't answer your question, but Conway is kind of better on guest verses than his own verses for me. Always. Um, That's and, always and been It feels very Method Man, very like early yes. Method Man of like, God, I'm tired of these RZA beats and I wish I could, I could get on some other stuff. Um, but um, and then, but then there's people like Def C who've just locked in and become a feature killer, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and they're great wherever. Um, so there's people that, uh, I don't know if I was thinking of like, okay, like doesn't bother me, doesn't make me excited. It's probably somebody like Al Davino. That's fair. You know, that's fair. Just like um, nothing wrong with Al Davino, and when Al Davino shows up, I don't skip it. You know, it's fine, but it's not. You know, I, some of those, some of those cats are spitters, not songwriters, to me. You know. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just contemplating. And and it's yeah, it's weird because mm-hmm. it's not a black and white. Like I've seen people where I was like. Ooh, he's become a songwriter now. This is where he turned, and it goes back to the next album. You're like, yeah, um, right. I mean, like, I think like Suede at some point made that, yeah, transition, right? Like, yeah. um, certainly, like the past year's output, I think, is markedly different from the vast majority of which uh, came before it. We saw the glimpses in 2020, 2021, yeah. 2022. Each project comes Ooh. out, and it's funny this truncated time of doing it. I remember very distinctly waiting forever for Midnight Marauders to drop, and the will they or won't they tension yep. of of can these underdogs pull it off again? And I guess that you know, in in some ways, he's connected to their legacy as well, right? right. Like. Because, like I said, when we started out, there's a danger of of his greatness slipping through the cracks because he's not what people tend to think of 
when they're making their like at this point like um absurd uh what would you call it series of lists yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of justify that you're a rap listener these days you have to constantly be hitting everyone with the list of the absolute top five whatever it is and all right I don't think he's very typically making the rounds of best whatever. But for some of us, it's very difficult to ignore. Um, but, you know, Tribe, are, you know, kind of come into the scene and everybody knows that Q-Tip and Fife are not Big Daddy Kane and Cool G rap. Like nobody yes, yes. is making that claim. Right. Nobody right. is saying that every single bar from them in succession represents a new leap forward for this art form and an established um, standard that's going to be difficult to break uh, for a very long time. Yeah. But I mean, I... no, but nobody can deny that the sum of it still conveys something different that's made all the more sweeter because you didn't think they could do it. And AJ Squade steps right in there. I was thinking and those about three Dan releases. Buster. This, I, was I mean, he had about four Dan releases. Oh, yeah. sorry, yeah, four releases. You know, I was thinking about De La Soul when you were talking about the the tribe stuff because De La Souls are so revered now, and yeah. I've lived a long life, and they were not <laughs> so clearly revered back in the day, and they were slept on, and they were amazing live, and they were incredible innovators. And they didn't fit the wild barbarian pocket. They didn't fit the super artsy pocket because they were done with artsy as it took off. You know what I mean? Uh, they didn't. It wasn't fit. Big L. No, no. Right. It wasn't every bar was going to be this recognizable thing that me just say, oh, shit, I'm glad I'm not the one in the corner cipher that that was aimed at. Yeah. Or. You know, he just sat like uh, the stretch on Bobito's show on fire. And I'm going to like up my social cachet if I actually capture this and uh, have it the next day right. <laughs> in school. They never did any of that um, in a way that was like um, widely received as being that. And so they were there and and they had cemented so much respect that people weren't dissing them for the most part after a while because they had become so far removed from the general view it it didn't even um register to anyone to diss them in favor of whatever style they thought should dominate so that stopped happening and then they're kind of just there and then the implication by default is that oh they must be some sort of bohemian media darling that college kids and people yep. who write for vibe magazine might dig but we don't have to really respect them now these same dudes uh you know have kids um who, who listen uh to megan the stallion or whoever and they're enraged yep. That um, they don't know what's cool anymore, and it seems far and distant to them. So they're saying, "Damn, I wish it could, you know, go back to you know when De La Soul was on top, yeah. obscuring the fact that they were part of, you know, their marginalization uh, yep. because you were so resolute and sectarian 
uh, about uh, Big L okay. and the Lost Boys or whoever it was. Right. Right. At the time. But now in convenient retrospect, you can lump it all together and say it's all the golden era. Yep. No, it's and, it, yeah, yeah. You yeah. and that's the thing with with like it with a little retrospect and a little distance, people kind of felt like, oh shit, De La Soul was my favorite uncle the whole time and I never even never even knew. You know what I mean? Like it yeah, uncle had I know I Listen, listen, I stayed, I don't know, for for whatever reason at that time, I didn't feel super compelled just to like buckle the pressure on these things. I didn't think that it was like only the um, dominion of white nerdy people to view works of art as having a future significance even as the times change i didn't think that was like some like a terrible thing to do so i stayed recognizing what they were doing at the point where it was just like incredible i i think by the time balloon mind state dropped like i feel like all interest in what they were doing and what they had innovated upon had like completely dried up in any social sense. Like you, you weren't likely to throw a rock and hit someone else who thought it was ingenious. Right. It, it wasn't going to happen at that time. It, it, it had, it had to wait. And, yeah. and hopefully you, hopefully you wouldn't, you didn't succumb to the usual thing, which was typical in the past. And hopefully is disappearing now this idea that like by age 29 you've just cemented what you're going to listen to and you're going to like um stay within that mode and that and that um claim of discernment um until you die or just abandon like your curiosity or interest in music altogether yeah no and i wanted to so talking about you we said there's four releases right the mm-hmm. one that I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. with you because I think this is another element of the magic of suede, right? Darth Swader Seven colon Rogues Gallery. When you look at the Rogues Gallery, the people that are on that, um, I mean, it's unbelievable. So yeah. I don't know if this is where you were going with it, but. Hold on, hold on. So before even pressing play, just looking at right the gallery of people that's assembled, I'm like, like remove this dude from my mind first of all, right? Like you're too tapped in. This is a little too crazy. These are all people that I picked up on this year who don't have a huge amount of hype except among except a focused, an extremely narrowly focused one on people that I happen to pay attention to just because we've crossed paths on this music and it's still really small. That's still a really small circle. And yes, I get that the degrees of separation from someone like AJ Suede aren't going to be that big because if you hang out with Curly Castro at any point, it seems to be like a law of physics that you get tapped into the avant-garde of right now 
Yeah. Right. You just you just have a friendly relationship with Curly Castro. And all of a sudden you are on the correct path of collaboration, vision and world building that you need to be. And you are, are a contributor to a renaissance moment. So I'm not surprised in a sense that AJ Squade hooked up with these people. It was just this incredibly um, exciting thing to find that he just threw them all <laughs> together in this moment on his beats. And then, wait a second, he's been working on his beat making. Oh, my God. Like, so this is what we're going to talk about. And thank you for the six degrees of Curly Castro. That's amazing. So <laughs> that's I, what would it is. Say, I would say, like, the what struck me, because so first reaction, I see the track list. I go, holy shit, did he make this album for me? Like that's right. I've interviewed most of these people. Like, yeah, you know, uh, this is amazing. So, but then when you hear when you hear the beat to Jenga, and if you know Blue Azul's work, the Spanish red, that's a perfect beat for Blue. Mm. Like that's someone who knows Blue Azul's work, you know. And then you get Son of Solomon. Uh, for Teller, and you know that's a home run. Um, and Sleeping Dogs is like one of the best songs that Andrew and Jesse the Tree have done together. It's it's so catchy and fun uh, that I was like, oh, like it, part of the magic of AJ Swade is he has he has excellent taste. Yes. Like his taste is not numerical. It is not. You have lots, you have this many listeners, you will not work with me, right? It is, I see what you do well, and I'm going to put it here. Those people are all decidedly underground, but retain the mic rocking essence. They're all rocking with this even when suede gives this lush beautiful concisely kind of laid out soundscape he knew that these are the people who know how to make that rock the way that he would yep if if presented with the same sound and then you see the two uh tracks that he has that are solo and like they just couldn't be a better elevator speech <laughs> for what he does generally. And he leads off waterbed with this uh, incredible diggable planets illusion, flipping it directly into his own distinctive, um, you know, like a Cassandra complex yeah. yell about the environment who does that? Who only does he that? could do that. That that only no, only him and KRS One could that like even right. like plausibly make sense. But KRS One is not currently making music that anyone needs to pay attention to. And I'm not really like saying that out of disrespect. He doesn't need to, right? But AJ Swade is of this moment and someone committed to that and, and successfully executing that. So it's it's him. It's left to him <laughs> in this yeah. moment. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's it 
you you start when when you pull up Darth Vader Seven, you're struck by this is an amazing cover, right? This is someone who's ready to release vinyl and understands the importance of cover design. This is someone who has grown leaps and bounds producing, mixing, mastering, and and cleaning up the sound, right? Um, and and providing the right sound for the right spaces and knowing someone's great whether or not everyone else does right like being able to say like there's a there's a pocket of us who run around saying i'd rather listen to solar five right and like it's not a big pocket you know uh but we're ride or die and, and it, to know that he sees that is is awesome that's great uh, and so that the vision is is impressive to, to add to the mix, to add to the flow, the mathematics of the flow, and uh, the sense of of uh, climax, right, that he brings to holding stuff behind the curtain, and uh, the sense of the show, right? He understands the show. Of, it's like a like that that kind of like nineteenth century magician concept it sounds yeah, yeah, like you're yeah. almost alluding to like um yeah like houdini like the the turn yeah. in the prestige yeah kind of concept right yeah. like and it seems like it seems almost silly for us to like point that out as a possibility like in a in a spoken <laughs> spectacle art form right but that's how far removed sometimes it gets from what it is, that's how that's how alienated it's gotten, and that's why he's special. Twenty twenty two, he is not, he's never been disconnected from those aspects of it. But it would be easy to, right? Like you can yeah. make an album in your bedroom, you can never tour, you can like kind of just be a musician based like in an extremely like. Um, abstracted virtual space you could do that you could you could make no attempt right to bother with that stuff you can um at this point like there's there's no rules and it's a good thing but it also allows for things that i don't question it because it's art and i say throw down and right. whatever comes out comes out but i do wonder how some of the stuff that is coming out would really be performed in a convincing way. So it's possible to put something out there that just doesn't take that into current consideration, right? And the pandemic kind of cemented that as a possibility, but AJ Swades on some level is thinking, no, this is going to have to land. Maybe it's a really, kind of swank affair and like uh rap reimagined as kind of like an intimate jazz club kind of setting where where it would take place because maybe that's more my style but i'm gonna project it out it's gonna connect with the person in the crowd they're gonna have a response i'm not throwing that out of the equation right i'm gonna assemble these people because i know that they are similarly committed to that that's why they're rogue at this right. point right no it's it's uh 
Yeah, it's it's funny. So I mean, and because I think as Suede gets bigger and and gets on tracks with bigger names, I always chuckle a little bit because I'm like, ooh, if he gets on track with Mr. Fancy so and so, who's been on autopilot for the past three years, he's gonna eat him alive. Right. I can't wait. Right. For for Suede to step into those rooms, and thank you for putting me on the tracks so, and just destroy. Because, like you said, he he's still ready to go. Yes, right. Just because he's moving up in these levels, there's there, there's a sort of discipline here. Yep. So in that way, I, I'm getting like this Diamond D in the '90s kind mm-hmm. of thing, right? It's it's someone who produces gets the reputation for producing but is not going to be the slouch on the mic and comes back with the sophomore effort and has upped the game considerably and is actually killing it, right? Or right. Lord Finesse, um, although he's kind of killing it out the gate, but I would say yeah. kind of Diamond D in that sense. Like you, you, you're actually seeing the growth of killing it. He's leaning in. Uh, to that possibility uh, of catching wreck, even as he's moving up the levels into, you know, what we consider to be like song craft. Yep. Right. And it would be very easy for him to kind of plateau. Right. On that. And, and, you know, he has the cool voice. He could just use that as an instrument in the company and say any old thing, but that's, that's not where he wants to go with it. He wants to catch wreck. Right. In the cipher, he wants to walk out and saying that he smashed that and you remembered that and you're going to come check me. And now you're going to come check me because you're going to want to buy a beat after that rogues gallery uh, th- that the DMs had to have been lit up. I, I imagine. I mean, and it's it comes to a point if you want to be one of the best lyricists in the world, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of people that's will give you all kinds of rules to achieve it right but mm-hmm. like the end goal is this the end goal is everything i say is important it's not that the hook is important it's not that uh this song is a cool song it's that you're waiting on every word i say kendrick had that for a bit ka has that rock marciano has that definitely right? The people who you are riveted to every second of the song, you know, Um, listen, you want it. I got it. They're poisoning the water. You couldn't have anticipated the poisoning the water, even if in that one second you registered what he was um, citing and then flipping. So you're not turning it off. You're going to see where this bends increases and and where it takes you and it's, it's like old time radio yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like the yeah. serial dramas on radio it's that engaging and you're that taken in by the persona and, and, and but the hit, but rap is supposed to do that and how far have we gotten that it seems fresh but that's also the point of rap is to harken back and remind you of what is fresh. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people have taken for granted, I think, all of 
the things they're they're in control of and have power over, right? Uh, right. My sister was a poet. She told me something incredible. Um, mm-hmm. She was, you know, studying under friends, right? And doing all this cool stuff. Okay. And she was like, the, the, every time I hit the enter key, that's my poetry. Every comma is my poetry, right? Mm-hmm. Like on this page where I put things is my poetry, right? Mm-hmm. These are all my tools. You know, if I hit the tab and I start in the middle of the page, that's my poetry. Right. Uh, and that's she never lost sight of that. Right. And I think that's what you're talking about when you're talking about knowing how to kind of hold what you're the punchline for the right moment or knowing how to pause or knowing how to slow down and speed up that these are all things you can control as an MC uh, and have fun. Out. Listen, you know? I'm not trying to be negative, but I, I agree. And your sister had, had a very brilliant insight yep. there, by the way, um, props to her. Ransom, right? Yep. He yep. doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. I, yeah. It's not. It's no dis. It's no disrespect. But like, no. talented, talented guy. He's trying to fill the page. He's become completely disinterested in what the negative space can do, mm. and he's afraid of commas. It totally. It is what it is. Yeah. It's no disrespect, but that's yeah. where it's come to, and it's kind of an extreme example. Um. But it's a pattern running through rap. He wasn't the first one to go. Do you think that's what people are? Do you think that's what this whole fucking flow argument is about? Like, so-and-so's not even on the beat. So-and-so's not even, you know, Akai Solo's not even rap. Like, you think that's people who are like, whoa, you just aren't comfortable with the way they're using pockets and space. You're you're just not comfortable how experimental these people are. I would have to say so because like on the Facebook groups where you have like this, I'm going to sound like super negative here. The type of fans that think you could never do rap better than right. like a late 90s gangstar yeah. song that like the form could never be improved on that. So anything that deviates from that is just garbage to their ears. They will get behind a ransom or someone who is so workmanlike in their approach that there's no commas, there's no Caesaras, right? Like, and then they'll uphold it puritanically and say, This is like, this is all that rap can be. And so, when you show them an Akai solo record, unless they're taken in by how raw the sonic landscape is, because Akai chooses the rough and rugged. Yep, yep. Right? Yeah, he Akai does. Solo has heard EPMD, um, yes, EPMD's yes. fourth album. I don't care. I don't care if he says he hasn't. He's heard it. Yep. Right. That makes sense. Okay. Makes sense. So if they aren't somehow just lulled by that, yeah, they're going to hear Akai Solo and they're going to be like, uh, oh, he landed the line there and then he doesn't reappear for another 
four seventeenths of a measure. So this guy clearly doesn't know how to rap. Like there is, right. there are schools of thought that are aggressively like this. And so if they're actually like throwing that back to AJ Swade, who is clearly in the KRS one school of using the pause as a rhetorical device, yep. and it's not that hard to figure out, then yes, we have come to a point where some of this obsession with a narrow view of the golden era or what hip hop is supposed to be in a pure form is starting to become cannibalistic and pushing back against artists who are making sincere contributions that are actually reviving the aspects of unseeing that you were lamenting losing. So it's worse than what happened to De La Soul because De La Soul, at least you can make the argument that they were like at times flagrantly disrespectful to the norm, right? They're tossing the record through the LL Cool J-S guy's head, like in a way they kind of walked into it. Yep. AJ Swade doesn't do that per se. He does have a lot of rhymes uh, taking weaker um, approaches um and mm. and chopping their heads off and, and explaining right. why they're ridiculous but he also does it in a way that it's obvious it's like a getting busy thing it's not like some like overly aggro take on the state of things it's like yeah. another way to get busy and get funky he just doesn't want it to not also bar out at right. the same time so he's got to take some heads off um, and then another aspect, I don't know if you wanted to go into this, what really makes AJ Swade important, I think, is that AJ Swade is, is for you. Right. He wants you to win. Yep. He knows he's winning. Right. He actually knows that. He can articulate it quite well. He lays it out. I do this, they do that. <laughs> they're yeah. doing it this way it's totally ridiculous and it's going to fail so instead i'm going to like chill here and do this particular thing that's a very common theme of his rhymes but it's always joined with a but you can do this too and it doesn't even have to be what i'm doing but i'm telling you the person that i have roped into this narrative it's almost like some i don't know like some like early english kind of poem that was rhymed just so people could remember it and tell it at the campfire and it has all these devices yeah. to draw people in and he does that and he knows he's doing that and then he sits you down and says hey look these forces that are arrayed against you that are propagandizing you into accepting evil look they're also farcical look how yeah. I dismiss them and expose them you could do that too and you should do that too it's yeah, a no, constant theme of his he wants you right. to win there's no one there's there's no audience that he's better than right there's right. no there's no right. rap fan that he's sitting there being like yeah I don't know. you know he's he's ready to kind of you know heal you or help you walk away from whatever the fuck you're stuck in um yep. which is cool um yep. and i was gonna say Hundred Year Darkness. If it took me a little longer to get into it, uh, it's interesting. But I think where it stands for me for Swade this year, 
is that's the project where it might have some of the slowest production he wrapped over. <laughs> like when you, when you when you get into like, and I think Enterprise is one of his most important songs this year. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get into Enterprise, Drano, you know, um, and you get into that period of the album, it's it's so slowed down and uh, and beautiful. I mean, Small Professor is does beautiful music, but you Suede is fitting himself to it, right? Yeah. And that, I always love that. I always love hearing a really talented rapper readjust themselves in a new setting. Um, that's really it's cool. ghost. It's Ghost and Raekwon on a late night freestyle on some college station, right? Like, yep. how do you get this highly idiosyncratic thing that was connected specifically to Riz's beats to in real time, you know, go over some artifacts or do uh, the damage an instrumental instead right. and still connect, right? And if you can do that for a whole album, like you said, you're in control of certain faculties of this art form that people forgot that they're able to do. The modulation of the voice, the changing of the impact. And if you want to, you can be intelligent about it. Right. You can have control over that impact. And if you have control over that impact, you're going to get the kind of listener who is charmed by the experience of being spoken to in real words by somebody who wants you to win. And he's going to continue to win for that. I'm calling it right now. Yep. Yeah. And, and it's going to level up. Right. That is, uh, that album is a real achievement for Sway mm-hmm. because a, he just made, he just made himself fit uh, in these beautiful ways. And I mean, apologize later. Remix is beautiful. Oh, there's a lot of great yeah. stuff on there. Um, yeah. Oil on Canvas feels like the hidden map to the future to me. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't think I was happier than this year when I saw it drop because I, I, you've noticed like I'm I'm not super on social media. Yeah, 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 I just. Yeah have a busier rhythm of life um that then that which would allow me to pay closer attention to it so sometimes i miss that something has been right. announced yeah. just don't catch it so it caught me totally by surprise though i caught it on the day it i guess dropped at least on <laughs> like the general social media so i'm like bet it's on and yep. i don't know what to expect and I press play and it's all totally unexpected. All totally right? unexpected. Yep. Like we know that he has a penchant for the psychedelic, for sure. Um, we know that he has a, uh, a tendency to go towards that which sounds lovely and beautiful. Yes. Um, we know that he um, has great control over his voice and uses it like a paintbrush while at the same time uh, crafting the lyrics that are going to hit and connect to the same person, you know, who's looking for that uh, big L thing to happen all the time. Um, yep. 
And yet, the sum of it is something that you haven't heard before, right? From any anyone, and it's 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 a world builder in the way that the other albums kind of point to, but leave you wanting more, right? Right. right. Um, and but here's the world, like we the, now we've crash landed on on planet suede on this album. I love that. I love right? that. You were fully. In the world, it has an environment. You got to explore it. You're not sure what's around the corner, um, but y- you have no choice but uh, to really start studying if you want to know where you're at. And and it has this kind of like, I mean, wonder. Wonder is such a big, lush, pretty song. You know, um, yeah. I hit. I hit blood money Perez up and I was like, I can't believe you got to close one wonder what an incredible song. Um, right. And he did, he really sewed that up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, the, like we talked about putting the right people in the right places over the right music, you know, that wonder could be a radio hit. If, if it had that money behind it. Right. Um, sure. It, it, there's no question in my mind that it has the juice of uh, to to be that whether it is or not right numbers are out of our control with a lot of that shit but the tech like the dna of i could play this around you know around your mom and she'd enjoy it kind of thing um so i was gonna say like you know what this record actually sounds like but if the telecommunications industry hadn't eventually become lockstep with the most reactionary political elements at the top of U.S. society and become an actual weapon wielded to suppress dissent along with the war on drugs. Right, right. (laughs) Right? And had actually preserved the radio format of the late seventies. Oh shit. And allowed for cross genre collage of sound to be a normative thing. Yep. That's this record. That's so beautiful. Yeah. That's this record. This is where the black artistic mind is fully comfortable exploring aspects of rock music that mop headed dusted out white dudes leaned into and there's no contradiction whatsoever in it it's the natural palette that makes sense to add onto and further explore and nobody can say shit about it or be ignorant about it or try to box it and do it dirty like De La Soul no. or Diggle Planets or whoever you know got marginalized by just a narrowness an industry engineered uh, narrowness of experience and we get to enjoy it and we get to live our lives Yeah, we get no, to be it, free that's what white, this record sounds like white rabbit emerald tablets I mean if you 
if you haven't heard that, you ha- you don't really know the year Suede has had. You know, um, <laughs> that that's one of those songs that's on that list uh, that you need to know. And I think, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's so it's so good because yes, Suede understands that kind of hazed out seventies AM radio rock. Yep. Just like he understands, like you know. The, the hardcore hip hop shit. And so he can be, he can be in all these places uh, and be himself in those places without like switching to fit. Right. Uh, yep. Just be the same suede uh, with all these components. So that's really, this dope. is a vindication. This is a vindication yep. for Justin Warfield. This right. is a vindication um, for the juggernauts. Yeah. For living color, is, you know what I mean? Is, like, right, for, right, right. This is uh, yes, this is the revenge. Yeah, of that, and I'm not, I'm not saying he, like, he consciously claims that or he set out to do that, but it's there. Yeah, it's there. Go listen to it and tell me that I'm completely off. Like, yeah. that's where this lands. There's a part of it, some aspect of it that has to do with bringing together that which has been absurdly cast aside, right? And he's going to do that. It's part of how he gets down. It's part of what he thinks it means to rap. And, and that's that's why I said that with the Rosenberg thing, because I, I I was like picturing if, if, if he just showed up on a real late compilation or, you know, I, I, you know, just just a big pop song, my first thought would be, I can't wait for these people to get a hold of Suede because there would I wouldn't be afraid of Suede changing his art. You know, there's there's a confidence about it where you feel like no matter how big and white Suede's audience gets, it won't twist what he's doing. Right, and that's something that emits from deep within him out. So it's awesome. Uh, I feel very, very confident uh, about the future. And if you're buying stock, buy stock now. But yeah, I appreciate it. Any, any closing comments about the, uh, the suede? I think that more people should um, really give it a chance than are right now. I think this, like you said, like um, this is the one to bet on, certainly for continued success. But I think this is also the one to take a chance on as a listener. For those of you out there, if you're listening to this, you are likely interested in becoming a better listener, right? Like that's, that's a big part of what you're doing. If you're here with us, it's very unlikely you'd bother if not. So be a better listener and whatever you heard previously or whatever you concluded without doing much investigation, don't worry about all that. Listen to what AJ Swade puts out. Appreciate it for the first level that it hits you. 
and go back to it. Right. Don't just give it one run <laughs> and be done beyond to, you know, the next thing that everyone's chattering about. Right. It, to do a sports metaphor, because I'm sick with sports metaphors, okay. uh, I would say there's, you know, when the league is talented and there's a bunch of people who are talented, it's important to kind of parse out who's giving you empty points, right? Who is like filling the, the surface stats, but their team loses all the time. And who is actually elevating the wholeness of wherever they go. Right. Um, and Suede is one of those winning team players, right? His music is great, but the music he shows up on is great, right? Like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's a Suede effect. If you follow Suede, you're in good shape. There you go. Yeah, that's what there I would say. Go. Stay tuned. Camo Bucket Chats. <laughs>